Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What I realized for me, and this is for me, you know, some people, recovery is their whole life. What, what, what I realized for me is that's my special family, right? People that have experienced that. But I, I try to take the spiritual lessons and the valuable lessons from that, the valuable lessons of running the number one lace company for 23 years about being a bodybuilder, about being an empath, about having, you know, the, the, the diplomas and the license of, of having a life coach. And I try to mix it all through my personality to help someone else with whatever that, what, what's that block? What is that? You know, it's a lot of times it doesn't manifest into alcohol or pills. It manifests in the food. It manifests into constant negative loops. It, it manifests into laziness. It manifests into anger, into anger. I see a lot now with anger. So, you know, what I'm trying to do is just take these spiritual lessons and break people free. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazny. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine is about two things. Number one, people are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world. Doing both of these despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews of world-class speakers and business leaders showcasing their origin story, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now, so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life, business, and career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years in entrepreneurship as a CEO to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation and messages, and I'm stoked to have you guys here. Guys, uh, welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazadeh, and boy, do we have a special guest for you, with you today. It is my buddy, Adam Javelin. Welcome, my brother. Thank oh, you, man. thank you, thank you, bro. Let's let's have some fun. Let's oh. keep entertaining. I've been looking. I've been looking forward to this, uh, dude. I'm pumped to have you here. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, do you mind if I do a little bit of housekeeping before we get started? No, not at all. So, you guys, as you know, we are the Greatness Machine, and the Greatness Machine is about two things: people who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world. And my friend Adam is doing both that, living his passion and creating massive greatness in the world. So, so lucky to have him. Uh, before we get started, though. A couple of things. First of all, we're live. We're on Facebook. We're on a couple other platforms. Start a watch party. Ask us questions. I got my team on standby. Amber's here. She'll be sending questions over my way. But yeah, start watch parties, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about here. And uh, with that said, oh my gosh, I was like, 
Adam Jablin, my man, my brother is here. Now, I want to, I want to get a little background on this. Do you mind if I do a little background? Not at all, bro. Let's all go. Right. All right. So, so I'm like new to this digital game. Uh, I'm analog. I'm a I'm analog, right? I'm, we're both young enough where we're like kind of riding that tightrope. We're, we're I, how, how old are you? You in your forty-four? 44. Okay, you're forty-four. I'm forty-two, right? So, for some people, they're like, "That's old," and for other people, that like, "That's young." And I'm like, "Yeah, exactly." Like, <laughs> like we're 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 basically like in this perfect spot where we've come up with social media. We've come up like I was on Friendster. I don't even know if you even remember what that was. That was before MySpace, right? I remember MySpace. I don't remember that one. Yeah, Friendster was the original social network before MySpace. And then MySpace came out and then Facebook took that over. And now you got Instagram, you got all these like, you know, TikTok and all that other Snapchat and all that stuff. But but so we're we're young enough where we're kind of dabbling on the digital side, but we've also come up in the analog world as well. So I kind of feel like we we've gotten a taste of both worlds, which means we're basically bilingual when it comes to business. You know, we know both sides of the fence. Absolutely. And so I'm like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm, both of us are authors and I'll talk about your accomplishments in a second, but um, let me take your accomplishments first and I'm going to talk about how we met. Yeah. So, so Adam Jablin is a entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, a best-selling author of Lotsaholic, keynote speaker, spiritual mentor, meditation master, advocate of recovery and all around motherfucking badass. Yeehaw. <laughs> so, so, Okay. Here's here's some story. So I'm like, man, I, I don't have a I don't have a social platform. You know, like I got yeah, I got a couple thousand followers on like Facebook, and I got five six thousand. I got six thousand followers on Instagram. My, basically, I'm uh, sorry, not Instagram on uh, LinkedIn, but on Instagram, I was like, here here's sorry, I apologize, everyone, I'm gonna offend right now. I was like, back in 2009, I was like, man, I'm gonna find every person I've ever known in my entire life on Facebook and connect with them. And I got up to like 18, like 17, 1800 people. I swear to God, these are people I actually was friends with and knew at some point in my life. Wow. Dude, I went back to fucking preschool, dude. I was like looking up people I went to preschool with who I hadn't seen since I was in first grade and connected. You remember, you remember their last names? I just, yeah, dude. I, I remember their first name. Some of them I knew that I knew like this guy, Chris Wade, uh, and like he was our, my pastor's son and he was my best friend. So I went and found him. And I'm like, and then there's this kid, kid, Ben Trigg. And I'm like, all right, go found him. And then once I found him, I started looking up people by their first names because I didn't remember everyone's last name. Yeah. But dude, I was connecting with people. Literally, I hadn't seen them since I was in second grade. Okay. Now, it's, it's cool, right? To find, like, and this is when Facebook was like brand new in like 07, 08 for like non high school kids. So I connect with all these people. And then I was like, Fuck, I have to see all their stupid shit. <laughs> These are people I don't know. I didn't know. I'm like, I don't fucking know them. I didn't sound like they were my friends in high school. I didn't even know them. Right. right. They're, 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 they're posting crazy shit about now their you life. know every political view, every you know everything, things that you never wanted to know. Dude, it was like torture. Yeah, and a lot of these people, I I was connected with people that I didn't really know. It was just people that I kind of knew growing up, and so then I was like, and then so then I go and do what some people did. I'm like, I'm gonna go and I gotta clean this shit up. I'm gonna go unfriend a thousand of these people, dude. Facebook makes it like a nightmare to unfriend anybody, right? Right, right. Like it's like a five step click. I was like, this is the world. I'm like, I can't do this. It's gonna take me fucking like like three months to unfriend all these fucking people. Did you offend anyone? No, no, no. I just, well, thank God they changed their algorithm so it doesn't show you people you don't interact with. Mm -hmm. I just I just gave up. This is back in 2012. I was like, fuck it. I don't care. So I said, all right. 
but right around then, 11, 12, Instagram starts coming up. And I was like, dude, I like Instagram. It's cooler. There's no political bullshit. I'm going to go friend exactly who I want to friend on there. And I'm not friending anyone else. And so I kept it tight as I got, you know, like three, 400 people on there, but they're like people I actually want to, I give a shit about what they're talking about. Yeah. So, so I don't have much of an Instagram following and I go to launch this book and I was like, dude, I think Instagram's where it's at. You know, everyone, like I always think of, of a social media as like the club. Right. And I'm like, sorry, Facebook, but I'm like, Facebook's where all the old people hang out. It's like, where the, oh, <laughs> it's the old club. That's where like, it's like going to like the, like the 40 plus night, you know, like, it's, it's like, it's like where all the cougars and like the yeah. silver foxes go. And I was like, no, nah, I'm like, I'm gonna go to Vegas. I want to go to where all the young hotties and like cool people are hanging out. I want to go where all those, I want to go to Studio 54. So Instagram's like Studio 54. So I'm like, I'm not going to like the old beat up club. And so I started hanging out there and I'm like, well, dude, this is probably a good place to build. Uh, you know, I love Instagram. I think it's a cool place to build, a, a, you know, your following. It's a cool place to, you know, build a real platform. And I don't know how the hell I came upon you, but I start digging. I'm really good at digging. Dude, I built some big businesses and it's not because I knew what the hell I was doing. It's because I figured shit out. Right. And somehow I come across you and I was like, well, this guy seems interesting. I start looking at all your profile and I see like all your followers and that they're interacting. You have really, really high engagement. And I was like, dude, how did this guy do this? This is like, and then I, and then I dug more and I, and, and you kind of know the rest of the story, but so you and I hook up right away. I was like, Hey, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going to, this is a, this is a honesty moment. You want an honesty moment from me? Always honest. I was like, Dude, I'm just going to invite this guy to be on my show. He just launched a book. If And then I'm going to ask him how the hell he built his, his following after the show. But I don't want to like – I'm all about the give before I ask, they ask. Okay. So I'm like, I'll put him on my show first. We'll, he'll, I know we'll be friends. And then he'll tell me how the hell he did it. But it, offline, right? And so so I do that. You, dude, you, it was on a Sunday. You jumped on that shit. You were scheduled. I was like, damn, that guy was fucking quick. I like that. Yeah. So now you're scheduled. And it's like the day or before our show. Oh shit! <laughs> and I get a cancellation. <laughs> right, 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 right. Hey, by, by the way, dude, I tell everything on this show because I love my. I love okay, my yeah, 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 yeah. This is my bad. This is my bad. This is awesome. This is the best part of the whole the whole story. And so, <laughs> so I get a fucking cancellation like the day before the show, and 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 it was like no email, nothing, and I was like, that's weird. So I wait like an hour or two, no email. And I was like, now as many of you in the audience know, like I say tons of fucked up shit on this show and usually it's political. And I'm like, dude, maybe Adam's like a really big Trump supporter. And I pissed him off because I talk about, I fucking hate Trump. And, and so I was like, all right, maybe it was an accident. Cause I really wanted to hook up with them. I was like, dude, this guy seemed cool. Like, like I want to meet him. And so I, I sent an email and I'm like, Hey dude, I, I just want to make sure, you know, I saw you canceled at, you know, no worries. Like if maybe we, if you want to reschedule, here's the, here's the, the link. And the response is all good, period. <laughs> <laughs> all good, period. <laughs> and I was like, I wow, I, I totally offended this guy somehow. So Adam, you tell your side of the story. It was a total misunderstanding. Um, we had just I, I, we, whatever, however you want to word this, uh, put up a post on Instagram 
um, saying that we were going to take five new people into the hero project. Right. And, and usually, you know, I have a little bit of a waiting list. So when we do this, I get, a, I get a lot of engagement. Darius, like a lot. And I look through Townly links and Instagram, right. I'm getting all these emails trying to confirm and cancel and this and that. So I thought you were somebody from Instagram that wasn't qualified for the hero project that was canceling. And I was like, Oh no, no, I'll, dude, we're fine. All good. Like it's all good. And I think, what was it though? Only the next day I came for the, I came for the, um, oh, yeah, yeah. 10, oh. 10 a.m. The next morning you showed up and I was like, dude, no show. And by the way, I was in the middle of book launch. So I was like, I, I was drowning. Right. So you don't know this, but I actually had to push other, I pushed a few other ones off, but I was like, nah, I don't know this guy. Like, I canceled like two or three other shows. And I was like, dude, I, there's no way I can do book launch and keep doing the, I would yeah. 13 shows the week before my book launch. And I was like, there's no fucking way I can do this. But we did a, we did a nice call. I, I made amends. Yes. you did. I, did, forgiveness. did, did. I, I told you that is completely my bad, our bad. Oh, we yeah. had a great conversation. And by the way, dude, so much uh, love to you and congratulations on your book launch. Thank you. you and, and the team, I mean, you, I hope you're really, really proud, man. It's Thank a, you. a big deal. It's a big deal. And I, I hope it doesn't, I hope you don't feel the accomplishment. And then now you're on to the net. Like, enjoy this for a little bit. You guys I, really did something special. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I want to talk to you more about it on the show. I, I'm grateful for the book, but I, I did what I always do. I started moving on. I, I went right back into grind mode and I have not celebrated the way I should. And so we'll, we'll talk about that because I think your 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 book Lotsaholic is is probably has a lot to do with. I, I suffer from what what uh, Tucker Max says, uh, uh, hustle porn. I suffer from that. So, uh, so you, know, you can you can also call that you know I love that because I'm a hustler too. But really, it's also chronic dissatisfaction. Yeah, yeah. So I I do suffer from chronic dissatisfaction. So uh, it's really hard for me to. Like I've done this my whole career. I have a win and then I just move on to the next thing. So I've, I've already, I've already did that. And, uh, and it's, it's a, it's a problem, but, but yeah, well, I, I do want to give you credit where credit's due. Dude, you were so, cause I made fun of you right now about the cancellation, which I, which I couldn't help myself. Cause it's a fucking funny story. It's but, my fault. It's no, totally dude, you, dude, bro, totally you were so, you were so gracious and so apologetic to the point where I was like, no, no, seriously, this, the fact that this happened is, was, was, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because a, I really didn't have the bandwidth to do a show that week. And B, we got to have, we, we, we pretty basically did get to have the show offline. And you yeah. and I got to have this great conversation and connect. And uh, it's funny when you meet certain people in your life, and you're like, right away you hit it off. And you're like, dude, like we're on the same, we're resonating on the same wavelength. And you and I had that like really like within like the first minute of the conversation. So I was like, oh, I like this guy. And, and and I, I know you felt the same way. So anyway, it worked out for the best, but you were so overly apologetic and gracious about it. You didn't even have to be, because I'm serious where I was like, no, no, seriously, you don't don't apologize anymore. It, it was a blessing for me because I really did was dying from the book launch. But um, dude, anyway, uh, I'm so glad to have you here. This is the, this is a couple of weeks in the making. I'm, I'm out of book launch now. I'm still, the book's launched, which means I'm in the next six years of launch. But you and I, you know, we're kind of running these parallel paths. What, do you mind like telling your story a little bit to the, to the audience? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply and Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius from Shazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now, and let me tell you, They've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life. Canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now, I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. So, um, you know, born in New York, uh, Ray, like grew up in New Jersey, kind of find New Jersey from till about 12 years old, 12, 13 uh, where if you remember the movie Big with Tom Hanks, of course, it was like that. You know, we were just all on our bicycles every day. It was a community. It was. Uh, it, uh, I still feel like my friends from Tennessee, New Jersey, are like family. And the one thing I would say that was different about me that made me feel insecure was my weight. You know, I was the heavy kid. Uh, my dad used to call me, not meaning to hurt me, El Chubbo. At the time the Goonies movies was out, people would ask me to do the chunk shuffle. And, you know, it just, I, and I hated it. I hated it. I hated the way I looked. Wait, how, how old were you when, when you when you were? Oh, these are like, uh, you know, this is uh, from my earliest memories up to 12, 13 years old. All right. So, so by the way, I was kind of, my, my family, my brother, and people did the same shit to us. My brother more than me. 
because he was like pretty he was an overweight kid um and and so i grew up being like a husky kid that's what they call us husky, yeah husky. that's what we had to chop the husky section I yeah hate Dude, husky husky's what my grandmother and mom would say oh you boys are you are not fat you're husky that's what people that love you say and then the dickheads would call you fat yeah so, so yeah, yeah i got uh, so i grew up hey dude i you don't know this about me i lost 150 pounds three years Ooh. ago yeah yeah we'll, we'll go there but anyway so, so you grew up i grew up dude i know that this is why we like each other because we grew up fat kids yeah that, no joke man that's and by the way so you have this too so i guess you understand you know when you're the heavy kid you a lot of us develop a very outgoing um enthusiastic funny personality and i i really do believe the idea is i want you to laugh with me not at me and i think it's it's a way of that we learn how to to, to go through this world with not constantly feeling bad about ourselves. So I naturally got this outgoing, kind of funny, loud personality to try to make you laugh with me and not at me anymore. Were you a total shit talker? Because I was. I mean, you know, I was, it depends depends on the moment, but I was- Dude, dude, my brother and I would get our asses kicked by older kids all the time for clowning them and getting like, the. I mean, to your point, you're not going to win in the looks competition. Like right. even if you're good looking, but you're, you know, like people aren't like, man, that's one, you know, felt looking kid. Right. Like girls are and right around 12, 13 is when girls start getting, you know, like interested in boys in a, in a real way. And so like, they're going after the, the, the jocks. And even if I was a jock, I was Husky and I was a jock, but, um, so we just won where, like we couldn't win in that department, but I could win being witty and fucking quick and talk shit. So it ended up me getting my fucking ass kicked a bunch of times <laughs> because of it. But anyway, I was just curious if you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I may have had a chip on my shoulder. I don't think I, I, I don't think I took it to that direction, but I mean, I could, I could, you know, but it was much more about, I was, I, I was a little sweeter and I was trying, listen, I just didn't like being. I just didn't like my weight constantly being brought up. Yeah. You know, I really didn't like it. So can can I give advice right now to parents and people out there? Hey, guess what? You should never tell someone they're overweight. They fucking already know it. You dumb motherfuckers. (laughs) Just so you know, and you should never call your kid overweight because you know whose fault it is. It's your fucking fault for not exercising with them and for fucking making sure they eat healthy. Don't call your kids fucking fat. Don't tell someone they're overweight. They already know it. You dumb fucks. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Amen. Amen. Um, so at 12, 13, I moved down to Boca Raton, Florida. My father opens, um, he opened his own business. It looks like it's the same business. You know, it was man- designing and manufacturing lace. My grandfather owned the original and now my father opened his own, but it was all the same customers and similar product, but it was uh, manufacturing what now? Lace. Um, like, uh, Oh, lace. Victoria's Secrets, Hanky Panky, you know, yeah, like you know, fashion, high fashion. You just, did you did you just totally date yourself with the Hanky Panky? <laughs> they were a great customer. <laughs> I like Fredericks of Hollywood. I was a Fredericks of Hollywood kid. They were a great customer, you know. Hanky Panky was a great customer, and um, <laughs> so we moved down here, uh, and it's hot, you know. And you can always have your shirt off, and you can always go to the beach, and I go in the pool with my shirt on. It sucks to my fat. And I just, you know, I just hated it here. I missed everybody a lot. I missed everybody a lot. Uh, I hate the way I looked. And I just, 
I can't, all I remember is a decision, like a decision like, of like, no more, like no more. And my mom was very supportive and she would buy me like muscle fitness magazine and flex magazine. And I would, you know, I didn't know what I was really doing back then, but I was, you know, pretending to be Rocky Balboa and rather than getting a, a six piece chicken McNugget, you know, after school with the big Coke and, and the fries, I started having a grilled chicken breast and, and an apple. And in four short years, I went from being like the fattest kid in this in this school or, you know, my grade to the best built kid in school. Yeah. I went from people going, you know, Adam, how many Oreos did you eat last night? Teasing me to, yo, man, how much can you bench? You know, the girls. How much How much could you bench? <laughs> I, I got up there. Come I on. Up there. I, how, wait, how, how, much, how much did you weigh when you were the most built, built kid in your school? Uh, I think the best I ever was was around – one at that time, one sixty-five. Um, I wasn't the strongest. I how, knew how, 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 how tall were you then? Five, five six. Oh, okay. So, 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 so you're, so you're, you're like mid-sized guy, ripped. Like, yeah, I like, mean, I was, I was well proportioned. You know, yeah. I really built the body like the right way. So it's funny. I did the same thing, but I'm, I'm a bigger guy. I, I, I got, I went from because I was still, I wrestled in high school and college, and um, and I was kind of like just chubby. Uh, like you know when you weigh 210 pounds and you're not and you're five foot seven five eight and you're like 15 like that's not you're not and not strong that's not good i ended up getting up i i did that i just got fucking i was the biggest dude in my school i got up to like two not 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 weight but just like mass i got up to like 240 solid six, six foot tall 240 bench like 300 pounds when i was 17 like, yeah, like that's a big dude, you know. Yeah, you were a strong guy. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I've never been able to get that super cut, but but that, I did the same that you did. I was like, ups, lived in the gym, obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. I lived in the gym three hours a day when I was sixteen years old. Like, yeah, I lived there. Yeah, same, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Darius, the same, a hundred percent. Like same person. Um. So with me personally, you know, I th- I was. The, the body and now the, the image, you know, I was always around, built kids, some, some of them older. Um, I would never say anything was peer pressure. There was always something cooler about hanging around with older kids. And um, alcohol kind of enters the scene, um, you know, and, you know, it's, it's 1992, 90, 1990, 91, 92, 92. So it was Pearl Jam and, and, uh, and Dr. Dre and Snoop and, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to give you a time frame of. Oh, dude, I was there, man. Yeah. All, all these other people don't know how cool it was to be a kid. Yeah, in the yes. And uh, all I can tell you is uh, when I drank, right, when I experiment, it fixed something inside of me that I didn't know was broken. Like, like, what do you mean? Like, you felt like you were the fucking king? I felt, uh, finally, my insides matched my outside. When, I mean, you drank, when you drank. Yeah, when I drank. Oh, so, so you felt, did you, when you were. When you lost all the weight, did you still have like a confidence issue? Totally. Oh, okay. People okay. didn't know it. They didn't know it. But you were very insecure. I was still the insecure fat kid, no doubt. Always trying to make you laugh, always trying to make you like me. But when I drank, dude, yo, the party yeah. is with me. A leadership quality came out. A craziness came out. A funner guy came out. A looser guy um, I was the first kid in my high school with a fake driver's license. It was from Iowa. You know what I mean? It was terrible, but when we drove all the way out in the boonies, I got, you know, I was always the one and it just became 
so important in my life. I went to Arizona State University, Playboy and Penthouse said it was the number one party school, which it was, and just dominated there and, and still have amazing friends from high school, from Arizona State University. When I tell them that I'm sober now, no one goes, oh, I never knew you had a problem. They're like, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know um and i take this this mentality of work hard play hard into uh the family business i committed to my father uh that i would go into the family business and uh and my personality uh, wasn't needed anymore this was now the company there was no need to have a sales kid there this was now a factory it was a finely tuned machine and I thought I was going to be kind of like my grandfather, like a, an outside guy and getting sales. Well, th- those days were dead. How and how I, big was the company when you when you at this point? Yeah, it was so it was a hundred thousand square foot company, about one hundred and ten employees. Uh, at that time, it was three eight hour shifts, um, and I had to I had to start the bottom. You know, I had to earn everyone's respect. I stayed next to the plant manager all the time. I just walked next to him all day long. Um, that it, 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 and, and within the company, there's so many stories that over time are, are like, sometimes they're funny to look back at. Sometimes they're painful to look back at. But um, the family business was one of the greatest educations I've, I've ever had. And it really taught me about business and it really taught me. And, and I was different. What I had to, okay, so... I wasn't happy with what I was doing, but right. it, just got you went into the family biz because that yeah. was like that made sense. Yes, and 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 in and my you just, mind, and you just came from fucking Arizona State, which was probably like and you were not sober at this point either, were you? No, 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 no. Was, right, right. So you just came from and were you there for four years or did you squeeze out a fifth? Oh, I don't you, know how the hell I made it four years, but I made it. Oh uh, God, I, I, I'm like, most people do five because they, they're treating themselves. Yeah, I could have used an extra year. <laughs> so, I, mean, I don't even know if I would have lived if I stayed. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Okay. So, so you, so dude, you go from a pretty crazy environment where you probably like, whether your confidence was up or not, you definitely probably achieved a lot of things that, from a friend. Oh, and yeah, I had, a, I had a, a, you know, I always had like a Ferris Bueller way about me. You know, I, I was friends with everybody and I would drink with anybody. You know, I, you didn't have to have muscles to drink with me. You didn't have to be good looking to drink with me. You, didn't, you know, just let's just have a good time. Yeah. So, so you're, you're a good time, Charlie. Then you go home to Boca. And it's time to grow up. And I had to grow up really fast. And it was a shock to the system. There's no doubt. And there's no need to have anybody with a good personality. Or, uh, I, and I got, I got a strong education of what business is, is really all about. And, and this is over time and over years. But inside, I was definitely not happy. And the drinking continued. The drinking. And um, I fell in love with my wife. And she hated my drinking. So pills start coming in. I'm trying to take Xanax to take the edge off. Uh, I t- tear my ACL and my MCL. And now I'm introduced to Percocets and Oxycontin. Oh, shit. oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this was not... Um, so these were, this wasn't party drugs. This was like pain management. I was just, I I was a junkie in a way, you know, but I, but in my mind, if you get it from a doctor, you're, you're not, which is the the mind of an alcoholic and an addict, you know, it's, it's just the mind of, uh, always making an excuse and always having a reason. What was your drink of choice? Oh, Patron tequila, 
uh, a double or triple on the rocks and a brandy snifter and, uh, with a tiny bit of roses lime juice. Just, oh, wow. Just, yeah. And then it actually sounds kind of good. Um, three, you know, three solid shots and a brandy snifter. And that was my, that was my go-to. So you're, you have alcoholic, like, was there alcoholism in your family or was this just your own thing? It's my own thing. It's my own. Thing. Like, I mean, there's some heavy drinkers in my family, but I'm, I'm the, uh, yeah, you, you drew the short straw. Yeah, on that yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I tended, I, 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 I peaked it. I do. There's a lot, there's alcoholism on my, on my mom's side of the family. So, and, and there's, and, uh, in my, uh, and there's some drug addiction in my family too. So I was brought up, my uncle actually was a, was a junkie, like yeah. hardcore, like speedballs and shit. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, so I grew up watching a junkie and it was fucking fucked up. So my whole family was like, you don't want to be like your uncle. And I was like, Nope. Like I don't. And, and, and uh, um, so it was, that was kind of, that, that didn't stop me and my brother from experimenting, but it, it was, it was a detractor because you, you watch someone that literally was a heroin junkie. Um, you, when you see that shit and you're like three, like it's fucked up, you know? kind of leaves its mark but but well, you know what thank god i'm glad yeah 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 i mean like it, it, but i'm happy that you saw it and didn't want to be be like that dude better him than me man i mean i don't mean to be an asshole about it but you know, know. that was a choice he made and, and it and it left its mark on on me and my brother at a young age we we're like uh you know like and that didn't stop us from partying don't get me wrong like we were fucking i love to party yeah and i'm still like they say the shitty thing about addiction is you don't get to do it anymore um, you know, <laughs> I'm like, know at the end though, it, it's sweeter on this side. Yeah, no, no. I got a bunch of friends who are, who are sober and, 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 and it depends on why you're doing it. Right. If you're doing it to numb, then yeah. Like, you know, I was doing it. To numb. Yeah. So, 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 so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I'm happy to talk, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So go, go ahead. So, so you're in, so, so now you have like a, a, a pill problem, alcohol problem and how old are you at this point like mid 20s late 20s yeah, yeah yeah let's say now i'm about 28 29 so now life shows up right so i'll give you an example uh, my wife and i are trying to have a baby we um we have to go do in vitro it, it was uh, you know look 99.9 percent .9 of the hardship is on the woman but i oh, want yeah. to be a part of there i want to be there and i want to be a part of it and i want to, to be a supportive, loving husband. So I was at every doctor appointment and the shots. And the, I mean, now, Greg, she's the one getting the shots. Yeah. The gonalef and the, you know, I can't bring the lupro and, and, um, and my heart broke for her. And she, she was courageous and she took it on like a champion. She was just such a champion. And my grandmother, who is a very strong part of my whole story, um, gets exploratory surgery. Uh, and she was young. You know, she's in her late sixties at this time, and um, and she starts getting really, really ill. And um, you know, I just remember getting the phone call from my my grandfather, and uh, I drove to the hospital, and, and things weren't good, and uh, I was holding her. You know, I was I was holding her, and uh, she was afraid, she was terrified, she was so scared, and uh, she was getting colder. And she, all she wanted was some apple juice. And they were like, no, we can't give her anything to drink. And she, she goes into therapy and yeah, she goes into surgery therapy. And, um, and things are just not looking good. I'm looking at my grandfather, like, where are they? Where are they? And he's looking in the hall and I'm holding her. And finally my grandfather's like, fuck them. 
gives her some apple juice. And all of a sudden I heard that beat, you know, I heard that beat, you know, and, and, and the, the body went, she went cold. And, um, and my grandfather, her die, her wish was not to be resuscitated. You know, when they, when she, when they asked, my grandfather said, no, I, a part of me died, but I knew that he was honoring her, you know, and I, it was like the greatest act of love I'd ever seen in my life. But I was like, no, you got to bring her back. Like, what are you talking about? But the answer was like, she did not want to be a vegetable and things were going bad. Uh, so I'm dealing, so I deal with life for the first time. I deal with mortality and my best friend who, by the way, is still like a brother to me. Him and my sister fall into not love, but lust. And um, they decide to get married. And I just don't have any of the uh, coping mechanisms for all of this. I'm just not wired for this. Wait, I, wait, your, your best friend and your sister got married? Yeah, uh, for about a year. Uh, they, they, they just, what happened was they fell in love with the idea of being in love with each other, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it takes me now at 44 to understand what happened. Then I was just like, what the fuck? You know, yeah, that's weird. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, but I get it now. I get it. And uh, I get it. Anyway, I have, I, and, and this is where I like to say, now, listen, I, I'm not going to try to turn anyone off at, in, that, that's listening to you and I, but um, this is why I believe in God or a higher power. And this is where God decides to make alcohol and drugs not work. Now, when I say that, this is what I mean. I could drink. And you could see that I was like intoxicated, but it didn't do for me what it used to do. It didn't turn the that sad, nervous, fat kid off and Superman would come out. It didn't happen. I could drink and drink. And all I kept hearing was, you're a loser. You're never going to be as good. Oh, wow. <laughs> do, you think you, do you think you had like uh, like depression maybe? I had alcoholism and addiction to such a degree that you could, when you're at that stage of alcoholism addiction, it encompasses so many different things. Oh yeah. Cause at this point part of it, it's not fixing what it did before. It's not, it wasn't work. And the way I'm wired is, well, that means I'm not doing enough. Oh I shit. I must need, and it just started an awful site. We have my daughter. Uh, I thought she was going to be my saving grace. And I can't turn this thing off. And um, and one day at a time, I mean, listen, at the, at the peak, at the peak of what I was doing for every day, right towards the end, I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning, take two things of ephedrine, which is illegal now, with coffee, sweat out the night before. My heart would be pounding about an hour and a half later. So I would take a few Xanax. I would take a few Xanax throughout the day and some Pepsi AC because my stomach was constantly acidic from all the acid, from all the pills and all the booze. Then I would take a pre-workout right before lunch and go work out because when I worked out, it was like my sanctuary. Shower at the gym, come back, work, probably take a few more Xanax to keep me calm because those pre-workouts, you may as well snort an eight ball of Coke. You know what I mean? Uh, so take a few more Xanax on the way home, pick up a six pack of beer, whack down a few beers, wash my mouth out with Listerine. Can't wait to see my daughter, feed my daughter, try to behave in front of my wife. Can't wait for them to go to bed. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, at the workout, I'm popping Percocets, Oxycontins, Darvocets, so I don't feel my injuries, but really it's a high. And then when they finally go to bed, Drink like a fish, but the anxiety is still there. So take an Ambien or two, and then next day, five o'clock in the morning, boom, rinse and repeat. Rinse wow, and repeat. 
So at the end, I couldn't control my body. It, it was, I was so toxic. There was an intervention. Who, inter- who did the intervention? My wife was the, um, the engine be- saying like, this is seriously becoming a problem. Um, Michael Walsh, who was my interventionist, is still like a, a, an angel in my life. Uh, but this is now the book, believe it or not. So now we're about to go into the book. And, and what it is, is when I go to, when I surrender, I, I only surrendered for 10 days. I didn't want to go for 28. But what, what happened to me in rehab was I found out who I was, what I was, and how I had to live. Where'd you, go, where'd you go to rehab? I went to the Hanley Center. And, and was this in Florida? Yeah, this is in Florida. And by the way, the Hanley Center is still, I believe, the best there is. Some people call it, you know how they say holier than now? They'll say handlier than now because there's no broker, uh, patient brokering. There's no messed up stuff. I mean, between Hanley, Hazleton, and I think Eric Clapton's place in Anguilla, those are really like at least you know. And I think the Beachcomber is a good one too. But like you know, your your uh, loved one is going to get the right treatment. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here, and by now you might know that I'm passionate about a few things: pizza. Pink Unicorns, Core Values, and Down Dirty Interesting Conversation with some amazing people. However, the biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale, and thus they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment, and you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to The Greatness Machine. All you have to do is go to DariusScale.com, that's D-A-R-I-U-S, scale, S-C-A-L-E.com, and there you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly. It's going to give you a scalability score at the end, and it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again, guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again, guys, it's DariusScale.com. And now back to the show. So when you went for you went for ten days, yeah, and and you're like fuck this, I'll, I'll go for ten. I've just got I just got to clean up. I'm a little out of control. I'm, I'm fine. I don't I don't I don't need I don't need to be here for a month. Exactly. I'm not going to not see my daughter and my wife for a month. Exactly. Like as a matter of fact, dude, as a matter of fact, the last question I asked at my intervention was, does this mean I can't drink anymore? <laughs> and the guy, yeah, that was his reaction. He goes, let's see, let's see if you even have this thing. And Darius, from the minute I got there, things just started backfiring. Things just, I just, my idea was, okay, I'm going to be the most dedicated, disciplined, determined rehab patient they've ever fucking seen, right? And they're going to go, it's not this guy. This guy's an animal. It must be his family. And everything fucking backfired, right? Well, how do you, what do you mean backfired? Okay, example. Um, I remember the first time I, okay, so I'm thinking that there's like cameras on me. I'm thinking like, I got to be the best behaved person because they're, they're obviously watching, right? I mean, I felt like I was in a jail, you know, and uh, there's no cameras, by the way. but, but I, I felt that there were. 
and I'm, I'm watching you the first time I'm in a group and this guy, Mark says, Hey, I'm a, I'm Mark. I'm an alcoholic. And this guy, Pete says, Hey, I'm Mark. I'm Pete. I'm an, I'm an addict. And this guy, Jesse says, has, I'm an alcoholic and addict. And now it's coming to me and I know what I have to say, right? I know what I have to do. I get, the, I get the pattern. I don't want to be, I don't want to have to stay here for 28 days. And I say, hi, I'm Adam. I'm an alcoholic and an addict for the first time. And this big 600 pound gorilla jumps off my shoulders and I can breathe for the first time. And oh, wow. Made sense. Like, have you ever seen The Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis? Yeah. Remember the movie at all? Yeah, yeah. The very end, he realizes he's dead, and then the whole movie makes sense. Isn't that the one where he goes, I see dead people? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So he, he finds out at the end of the movie that he's actually dead, and now the entire movie makes sense. I said that, and my whole life made sense. Oh, that's why I got a DUI in Arizona State and I had to spend two days in jail. That's why I need to be the first kid in high school with a fake driver's license. That's why I hide alcohol and pills everywhere. That's why I've written my wife about 20 letters apologizing saying I'm never gonna do it again. That's why I can't wait to hang with the boys. That's why I have to pre-party before football games. That's what, like my entire life made sense. And within a minute, it was like this, you ready? Now what? Oh. How do I live? Like, what do I, how do I go to a dinner and not have wine with customers? How do I watch the Jets football game with my dad and not slam down a few? How, how do I, alcohol was such a big part of my life. I didn't know how to live without it. I didn't know how to live to the point that I'm, I'm with a therapist. And I mean, he's, he's, we're going over this really like traumatic, deep stuff. And I mean, too long to even start getting into now. And I look at him and I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled. I'm like, does this mean I can't have a glass of champagne at my, at my daughter's wedding? And he looks at me like really confused. He's like, how old's your daughter? I'm like she's six months old. <laughs> right. He goes, only an alcoholic would worry if he could have a glass. Right? So that's what I mean. It started backfiring. And something inside of me, Darius, was cracking. I, I thought I was so different than everyone around me. This guy's this guy's smoking crack and this guy's doing heroin and this guy did it, right? And but slowly I started realizing my my a part of my ego was dying. And, oh wow. You're so lucky, dude. Yeah. And that's what happened on day nine. Um it felt more like a panic attack. Now I know it was a spiritual rebirth, but I I couldn't breathe. Uh my heart rate went way over 180. I was freaking the hell out. I remember them saying, like, Adam, what's wrong? And I looked at the nurses who loved me and I love them. And they were, I was like, I think this is real. And they're like, what's real? I'm like, this, this, I think this is all real. I, I, I think I'm an alcoholic and an addict and I think I have to stay. They're like, so what? What's the big deal about that? I'm like, I told everybody I was going to be out in 10 days. You know, what are my parents going to think? You know, they're going to think they raised an alcoholic and an addict. Like, this is what are, what's my wife going to think? What's this person going to think? Always worried about other people. They're like, calm down. I run. They calm me down. I run to call my wife. It's like 530 in the morning. She thinks I got stabbed or something. She doesn't know what the hell is going on in rehab. And um, I said, are you sitting down? I got some bad news. And she goes, sitting down. She's like, you woke me up. It's 5.30 in the morning. You woke the baby up. What's going on? And I'm like, listen, uh, I'm an alcoholic and an addict, and I have to stay. Like, just like defeat, right? Ultimate defeat. And I heard this pause, Darius, and then I heard, ha, 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 ha. I was never going to come pick you up. 
I was never going to come pick you up. And don't you see that Adam needs this and Adam needs that. And Adam can only do 10 days and Adam needs the pills before he goes to work. And Adam needs this and Adam, Adam, Adam. And I saw two of you. It's called the parallel process. I didn't know other people had it. But she said this to you or you were saying this to you? She said this. Adam, oh, she, Adam oh, she unloaded on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in lovingly. I don't yeah, even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I saw two of me. It was called, and I, and I, it's called the parallel process. I never knew what it was, but other people had experienced. And I saw the one guy that got back on the phone was like, "Listen, bitch, get in the car, get divorce papers." Or, like, like just, just this angry, "I'm right, you're wrong" guy. That was that, that was half of you. Yeah, and then I saw this other guy, and I didn't know if he had to be poor. I didn't know if he had to wear a yarmulke. I didn't know if he had to be baptized. I didn't know. I didn't know anything, but I knew he was sober. And I jumped into that guy with both feet and Darius, I attacked a program of recovery and it woke up some gifts in me that I never knew I had. I never knew I had. And it, 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 it made the company be better. It made my family be better. Every relationship I ever had, it got better. I got a mentor, Dion um, DiMucci, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, that is like a spiritual father for me that I can't ever acknowledge enough i got best friends like one day maybe you'll have him on scott jeffries who's an artist that wait i mean darius wait till you meet some of my friends you, and they'll be such great guests this guy matt williams he started protein but i just got this whole uh family of people and uh, the older i hung around with the older guys for their wisdom their stability but i loved the younger guys and i, I got this whole new family around me and i had a way of living and i believed in god and everything changed and people started coming to me, wanting what I had, wanting my advice, wanting suggestions, wanting my tutelage, you know, my, my mentorship. People wanted what I had. And I started giving it away and I became really good at that. And, um, you know, trying to make a real, real long story short and cutting out the details when we sold the family business, Darius, I knew what I had to do. And I'm not a recovery coach. I'm not. That, I, I like to separate that. You know, some people look. But what happened was my alcoholism and addiction, it lets me relate to people. My pain and what I came overcame allows me to relate to people. So when I'm hired because somebody wants to start their clothing line, I know the fashion. When somebody, I know the fashion from the lace. When somebody wants to do their Instagram, when somebody wants to start their podcast, when somebody wants to write their book, when somebody wants to be a better businessman, a better father, I, I have all these gifts to be able to give my clients. But I, I'm able to see now with a new pair of glasses. I see the world completely different. You know, so that's why when you texted me and you were like, do you want to be on my show? I was like, fuck yeah. You know, I say yes. Yes to life. Yeah, man. That was such a cool five minutes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I knew that would be 25 minutes. That was, that was badass. Um, number one, um, Thank you so much for your vulnerability. Uh, I I always say my superpower is vulnerability. You must you own that too. You know, we're cup, you and I are cupping the same cloth. I think it's not going to be a lot different in our stories, other than little little tiny things about I was thicker, you were more cut. My parents did this, your parents did that. But I think, I mean, the yeah. fact that you just told me before we even started our podcast that you built a business right next to Arizona State. What are the odds of that? Yeah, weird. <laughs> you, know, you, know, this is, you know, and I don't believe in um, 
woo, hey, this is just synchronicity, yeah. man. I believe that there's a higher power at play. Yeah, there, there, there's a, a guest I had on the show. You should check her out. Her name is Gina Malakon-Long. She talks about resonance, that people are on the same vibration. And when you're on the same vibration, it, it. it connects you. So that, that's her. She's cool. She's, she's a smart lady. I, I, Gina, if you're watching, I know you have magic. Um, so, yeah, man, that's, um, that's such a powerful story. So you, when, did you, when did you guys sell the family business? How long ago was that? March 1st. All right, so you just sold the family business March first, and and from that, it, it sounds like you're like, all right, what's next? And for you, it was it was obvious. It was you. you sounds like you've probably been mentoring people for when did when by the way did you go to recovery? How long ago was that? Oh, uh, two thousand July fourteenth, two thousand and six. Is, is oh, okay. So that was fourteen years ago, and and you've been living this recovered life since. No relapses or any relapses? No, 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 no relapses. I mean, you know, I'm not a perfect person. But no relapses of alcohol and drugs, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't judge either way. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm about as flawed as they get, um, with everything. <laughs> you know, it's important to say that because you know, I, you, you never want anyone to say, well, you know, I, yeah, I, I entered recovery and then everything, like, yeah, I never made a mistake with alcohol and drugs again. But like, you know, I had lied. You know, I had, I had to learn. It's like I was, it was growing up. I was growing up for the first time, you know, and I had to learn what being a man was all about. And growing up at 30, I mean, I wish I had done it younger. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you, you or not, you know, or that's what you, what you had to do to become what you are now. Right. And so it's been a great, bro. It's been a great ride, a great journey. I mean, it's not like life still doesn't show up. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm still with things that I share with you, Darius, that you and I spoke about. Um, but, I couldn't be happier with what I'm doing, you know? And I felt I have your personality, which, so you understand this, you know, I felt like it, it, it didn't feel like, Oh, I want to do this. It felt like a calling. It felt like, Oh, I, of course this is what I'm going to do. So let's talk about the book. So, so, and, and now you're doing the coaching, doing the hero project. Um, obviously you're blowing up on social media. Dude, I saw you had like 4,000 people in the last three days. Like, yeah, I'm count. I'm counting, dude. Just so you know. No, it's <laughs> no, it's no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not al counting. Algorithm game that you're about to enter. So it's you know, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate it, and and just like yourself, I put a lot of hard work into it. But it, it is a game of numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I'm a. Just you know, I'm watching you, dude. Yeah, okay. you're gonna you're gonna catch up. You're gonna blink your eye and be oh same. oh no no. I'm you don't get it. I'm not compare compared to spare. I'm not comparing. I'm I'm actually celebrating right now. Thank you. Brother. Yeah no no. I'm not I'm I uh I don't compare to spare anyone. Okay. And that's the best quote in the world. People compare to spare. Fuck fuck. You got to run your own your own race. Right. Um, yeah no. I'm I'm all pumped for people that have figured something out that I'm trying to figure out because it means they can help me figure it out. No, it's life's about everyone winning together. I don't, we don't need to compete at all, dude. That's, that's not, I'm, I'm yeah, I just want, I, I didn't mean it even competitive. I just wanted you to know, like, you're going to be there. You're going to blink your eye. It's going to be the same thing. So I want to, yeah, I appreciate that. And, 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 and yeah, I, I, I hope so. And so, um, let's talk about your book. So when did the book come out? May? Is that right? Yeah. But dude, this book is, uh, this book has been a, a, a fucking piece of kryptonite in my life i wrote i wrote the original book the original part of the manuscript two or three years being sober and, and, and tell everyone the, the title of the book uh so the book is lots of holic from a clean from us from a sick to sober superman 
So, so you wrote lots of Holic. You wrote the original manuscript all, over ten years ago. Yeah, and and it's and uh, at the time, uh, my wife did not want my kids knowing about me, and I had to respect that. And you know, I understand her point of view. I do. You know, why let them be as? Why do they need to know that until they need to know that? You know, it was very hard for me, but I, I do understand her point, no doubt. But this book is, it, it was like, I, so I had to keep shelving it and shelving it. and shel- But each time I would add a little bit, you know, I was a little more sober. I was a little more clean. I was, I had more clarity. Um, so I really love people that can knock these books out in a year or two or sometimes six months. That book, every single word was written by me. And I, and it, and I edited it and I re-edited it and I copy editor. I mean, every single thing to make sure it was as real and on point as it could be. But I do not suggest anyone write a book like that. You know what I mean? Get some help. Um, I mean, I, it just took, it took every bit of my soul. Writing a book t- for me, it's like purging it. Like I, it, it took everything out of me. You have to make sure when you're writing about something that you're not, you know, this is my story. It has nothing to do with hurting this family member or that family member or this friend. But it's honest and it's real. Uh, if anything, I would tell you, Darius, is that I played down a little bit of how much I was drinking drunk because I don't think people will believe how much the human body can take. Oh, it's crazy. And I had a buddy that was addicted to, what was it? It's before Oxycontin became popular. It was the other one. Uh, like, uh, shoot, I'm blanking on the name. But anyway, he got, you know, like it was just a painkiller. And he got up, dude, he got up to like 150 fucking pills a day. Because he had to go on Starbucks and to get off of it. It was crazy. 150. Dude, by the way, I, this isn't like a pill that when you, this is a pill when you have surgery, you take a half of one, right? Uh, it's like hydrocodone or whatever, but but it yeah, was like, hydrocodone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like it was like it wasn't oxys, but it was like you know it was the shit that was popular before oxys. And so, dude, he was. I saw him get addicted, and I saw he started grabbing them like like eating like handfuls of them. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. You take ten, fifteen for lunch, right? Yeah. And and that because one doesn't do anything once you start getting attenuated to it, and ten to, but you got to take ten to get the same as a one. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's really oh, bad for your, your organs. Yeah, what I what I realized for me, and this is for me, you know, some people recovery is their whole life. What 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 I realized for me is that's my special family, right? People that have experienced that. But I, I try to take the spiritual lessons and the valuable lessons from that, the valuable lessons of running the number one lace company for 23 years, about being a bodybuilder, about being an empath about having, you know, the, the, the diplomas and the license of, of having a life coach. And I try to mix it all through my personality to help someone else with whatever that, what, what's that block? What is that? You know, it, a lot of times it doesn't manifest into alcohol or pills. It manifests in the food. It manifests into constant negative loops. It, it manifests into laziness. It manifests into anger, into anger. I see a lot now with anger. So you know, what I'm trying to do is just take these spiritual lessons and break people free. So so you started the coaching practice. Is there a particular per- type of person you prefer to work with? I mean, obviously, we're, we're talking about a whole array of problems that you just mentioned. But is there like an ideal client where you're like, that's the client I can help the most? No, I thought there would be. I thought there would be. 
Um, what I've come to realize is that the more honest and willing the person is to really, really dig into the work, the more fun we have, the more bonding it is, and, and the more love that's happened between me, the coach, and the mentor, and my student, you know, and I can watch them grow. I thought I was going to be kind of pigeonholed into maybe men 25 to 45 with families. But what I've come to realize is this, for me personally, both genders, all ages. And so, so you're, you're doing the, the, the coaching. And so what, what's, what's the end goal here right now? You have the book that came out, you're doing speaking, you're doing coaching. Like if, if you could fast forward to Adam Jablin, December 31st, 2025, what do you want to see happen? Darius, I just want to make sure that no matter how much success and, and notoriety and good works are done, that Adam Jablin is always a good father, that my kids feel how much I love them, that every single person I work with can feel how much I love them, that I respected and loved everybody I could, that I gave all of my heart and all of my soul and all my passion to each and every client, be it one-on-one -on -one or group, and to be unique, meaning like I, like you said, what was the saying you were saying? The um, don't compare. Oh, compare despair. Right. I don't. I I do not find any competition. I know there's a lot of coaches, but they don't they don't have my story. They have every single person has the right. I'm not for everybody. Each person has the person that they can relate with the most. You know, I was taught that, like, I guess Tony Robbins, I didn't know this, does a lot of like um, Aristotle, Stoic, like, stuff like stuff like that. And I was like, oh, wow, no one, a friend of mine, Dylan taught me that. Like, he has, he has certain things that he references. So for me, I guess you would say it's the Old and New Testament, sports and superheroes. You know, whoever, those are a lot of the analogies I use, you know, right. from, from the Old and New Testament, from sports now, like Michael Jordan, Kobe, you know, Tom Brady, and, you know, Marvel and, and DC Comics, you know, out of this lunatic personality. And so I just hope that there's a lot of people that you and I can help in 2025. I hope there's some money in the bank. Everyone's eating well. I hope that people that worked with me said, man, that guy is the real fucking deal. Yeah. And the future's right. That's cool, man. So uh, why don't we uh, let everybody know where we can find where they can find you or probably hitting near the end of the show here. Where, where can everyone connect with you? I mean, you've got an amazing uh, following on Instagram and great engagement there, but where else where, get, let's, uh, we'll get all this in the comments. Yeah. 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 Well, first, first off, if you're suffering, my phone number is five, six, one, four, four, one, five, nine, two, six. I'm here. You know what I mean? This is not like, this is not a platform for me to just try to gain attention. I'm here to help. My website is www.adamjablin.com. My Instagram is at Adam Jablin. And you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook, Adam Jablin. But again, you know, write down that phone number if you need my help. I'm, I'm, that's, that's really why I'm here. There you have it. You know, if they need help, I'm, I'm here to help. I really am, Darius. So are you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm always glad to help. Um, wow, man. Well, that was that was quite a show. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. 
Dude, I loved it. Thank you so much, brother. I'm so grateful that we've gotten to connect in this way. And I'm so grateful to have you on The Greatness Machine. You are definitely someone who's out there really putting your energy into creating greatness in the world. And much love. So much gratitude, my friend. Dude, same. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next few years working together, Darius. It's, we're going to have a good time. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't, I can already see it. So it's, uh, I'm, I feel lucky that we've connected. I'm so pumped to have you uh, on the show and for us to be able to start building our, uh, whatever, what we're doing, our businesses and, and to support one another. And you've been such a great support and I appreciate all your help during launch week, getting the word out there. It's means a lot to me, man. Oh, dude, anything I can do for you. hundred percent. Thank you guys. Um, I think that we're, we're done for the week. This we, uh, you know, we had a great end of the week here. We got a couple great shows next week. We got Rand Stegen kicking off the week, uh, which is an amazing show. Rand's a mentor of mine. Um, but everyone have, have a great weekend. Uh, do all the things you got to do. Follow us at the real Darius M on Facebook. Uh, that's, that's our, my business site. Uh, you can also go to www.therealdarius.com. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter. We're starting to really put together some interesting content that's going to come out of there. And you can also go to the real Darius on YouTube uh, and subscribe to that channel as well. And you get updates when we do our shows. So with that said, my friend, Adam, love you, brother. Appreciate you. you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was so fun. I really appreciate it. Guys, share this. This was such a powerful message. Anyone that you know that's suffering, they need to hear everything that Adam just said. Share it on your Facebook. Pass his information around. This guy's the real deal champ. Just spreading love and good vibes and lots of knowledge in the world. And his, his, his story needs to be heard by as many people as possible. With that said, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. We're out of here. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Guys, The Greatness Machine is all about two things. People who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world, and we feature these messages and speakers so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life and your own business. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from, and leave us a review. We love getting reviews for the show. If the episode made you think of someone who is leveling up in their business and life, print screen it, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers, and after all, we're all here to learn from one another. You can also go to our website, www.thegreatnessmachine.com. That's www.thegreatnessmachine.com. And on there, you'll see special tools to help you scale your business faster, show notes for the episode to help you integrate the lessons, and you will also get links that came out during the show. So on there, look, you can also grab a copy of my book, The Core Value Equation, which is a resource for helping CEOs and business leaders establish core values from their teams that don't suck. And mind you, a lot of them suck. Get access to this and more at www.thegreatnessmachine.com. With that said, you guys, look, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We out of here. See you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. 
There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.